like sucking, but I ain't gay. Legit bad podcast. Fuck those honkies. Welcome back to Legit Bat. I'm Joe. Today, Jen's here today. Ben's here. And we just figured out that my Cheers sound drop does not work on the recording. So that's good to know now that I've used it a shitload of times. Um, I wanted to mention first off, off the top here, we have a Telegram chat. And it's not uh, one of those channels where I just post stuff and people look at it. It's interactive there's a bunch of listeners in there that are just blowing it up all the time including jesus my favorite la bean uh mike from he actually lives pretty close to us and then tim tim from australia so go in there and meet those guys and you know all the people i mentioned on the last show too it's a good time i can't even keep track of everything that happens in there our guest today is erroneous method He's a East Coast rapper and a fellow truth seeker. So why don't you just uh, introduce yourself and tell us about your your art that you do? Well, thanks for having me, guys. You know, I've been uh, been in the truth rap movement only a few years, but I've been doing political hip hop for close to 15 years now. I started in 2007. Um, I started with an underground group called the USMW, and we never actually put anything out. We just uh, toured the country on that for a long time. Uh, after a while, I started to get serious about it, and the whole events of the last few years basically forced me into kind of doing something about it, fighting back with my music. So that's where I'm at today. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, everyone stick around at the end of the show. I'm going to play one of his songs as the outro, which we do every time we get a musician on here. We like to put their their music out with your express consent, of course. I have it in writing, so you can't sue me. <laughs> Uh, your paycheck's in the mail for that one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you. Money from podcasting. What's, uh, let's start out with, uh, what's your favorite type of subject to talk about in the, the truth genre? Are you, uh, you said kind of political, but do you, do you delve into the weird, like the super <sighs> weird? I'm all over the bat. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. All over the board, everywhere, everywhere. I, I like think- to, uh, yeah, I like to hit it all. Um, if it's, if it's weird, it plays. Uh, I started with 9-11, so that's basically kind of, you know, your your general kind of conspiracy theory. And I branched out into everything from, like, Tartaria to, I looked into Flat Earth for a while, got rid of that. Uh, you know, I've been all over the board. So, um, aliens, you know, I love everything. Um, my understanding of it has changed over time. You know, I started out with this kind of a flesh and blood, nut and bolts, alien concept. And eventually I've moved into more of a spiritual ideology on it. So that's, that's been an interesting journey for me over, over the years looking into these things. It does seem to be a common theme for people that look into that stuff. Cause everybody talked about aliens, you know, back when you're a teenager smoking weed and stuff, talking, what about aliens? And yeah, back then I was thinking of it as a total, they come from other planets. There's gotta be other life out there, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I've said it a million times, but I think that aliens, Bigfoot, all all those even ghosts and paranormal things, I always think that's kind of all the same thing appearing differently based on who the person is and where they're at in their their headspace, you know. But I I'm not discounting that there could be something from somewhere else, but I think a lot of the aliens are from here. Either, you know, living in the ocean, because there's a lot of those submersible UFOs that they see. So it 
yeah, the the understanding of that whole topic has changed drastically in the last 20 years, probably for most people too. I know it has for Ben. Oh, is that yeah, you? <laughs> Sorry. No comments That's on good. that? No. no, 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 you're good. I, was, I, yeah, yep. Wow, thanks, Ben. Very, uh, very helpful. Well today. said. Yes, very eloquent, loquacious. Well, you said you started out kind of with 9-11 too, and that's uh, that's a big one for a lot of people. Uh, we've talked about that a million times, but I didn't really pay attention to it when it happened because I was a teenager and didn't really care. But ever since then, and you see all the uh, you know similarities between 9-11 and all the other psyops or false flags, whatever you want to call it since then, it definitely ties in a lot to everything we're experiencing today. So how did you get on the 9-11 was an inside job track because everyone seems to come at that from a different angle oh man it started very early um for me i mean it was probably day two the fog of war just hearing all the different news stories things changed very quickly uh and then in 2006 so a while later i went to an anti-war rally george bush came to our little town of canandaigua new york uh george w bush um when he was still the president and he was speaking at the high school. And so uh, they had an anti-war rally at a Unitarian Universalist church. And I was like, that sounds like fun. So me and my buddy skipped school and we went and did that. And uh, it really kind of changed. It was it, it really changed my life because I saw these two guys in the crowd and they walked right up to us and they gave us a, a loose change DVD. And it was fresh. It was hot off the presses. It was burned. It wasn't even out yet. So this was like a, a promo copy. They were like shopping around to see if people liked it. And they were like, it gave us our, their email addresses and told us to get back a hold of us. And that night we went home and we watched that and we watched a DVD on chemtrails. And that changed me and my friend from high school's life completely to where we became just, you know, this like kind of truthing crusader type people. Yeah. The loose change. I'm going to sound like a noob here. I, I know about it, but I never actually watched it because it was kind of, by the time I had heard about it, it was kind of, I mean, I could still watch it, but it was kind of past its time, you know. Is that mostly right. a nine eleven? Yeah, yeah. It's it's mostly okay. you know it, it's it's kind of like a, the Bible for nine eleven conspiracy theory. It's a lot of it's been disproven now, but back then it was it was the groundbreaking kind of thing for me. You know, a lot of people were into like Alex Jones or something like that, and I always found him kind of corny, so I never went that route. And uh, that that for me is what got me into into that kind of world of conspiracy thinking. Well, way before that, I mean, I come from kind of uh, my dad was a, a pastor and a right wing guy, so I kind of come from culty Christianity. So I grew up in the time of like as a kid, I was looking at Waco and stuff like that. So I've always kind of had an eye on you know small government and those kind of things. Um, but as a teenager, I was really left wing. I was like rebelling against my family's super right wing ideology. And that's why I was very anti-war. And that's how I found myself at that anti-war rally in the first place. Nice. Yeah, that's I think I when I hit you up to come on the show, I was like, we grew up kind of similarly. I think we can have a great talk about that because yeah, yeah. the same same fucking thing happened with us. Uh, four out of five kids in our family were basically fuck ups. There's one that's good. She's a missionary. So that's cool. But the, the other four are just pretty much fucked. You know, I mean, we're good now. We're fine now. Because you were raised so strictly that you just rebelled hardcore. You just overcorrected. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. I just wasn't raised religiously. My parents were over strict and I couldn't do anything at all, including watch certain TV shows just because even when I was a teenager. So we just, we all kind of, all three of us went the route of getting in as much trouble as possible because it was way more fun than sitting at home doing nothing. 
Yeah, I was definitely like the stoner teenager. I was the first one in my family to go that route. You know, I had the I had the bad uncle that was like, "Hey, come over here, uh, look at these motorcycles, smoke this drugs." You know, like so. You know, I I started early on down the path of questioning everything. I just started to question everything at a young age. I got kicked out of my youth group when I was a kid because I asked too many questions. I was going like, you know, hey, uh, hey, there's this guy in the Bible. His name's Cain, and he gets kicked out of Eden, but he finds other people over here. Why is that? What what's going on over there? So I'm asking these questions that are way too big for my church and they're like hey uh see ya he's gotta go you know so that's a from a young age i'm questioning religion i'm questioning the world around me and it all went hand in hand with kind of the conspiratorial nature of of the world i was being raised in kind of the um uh it's funny to watch like okay so like the the right wing at one time was very very pro freedom of speech uh you know, and then they closed themselves off in the Bush era and they became kind of like, uh, you know, sense censorship, uh, cut out everybody out. And then it shifted and suddenly it became like the left wing was doing the same thing like to today where you have like super pro censorship on the left as opposed to on the right. And like you see it ebb and flow back and forth. And I started to notice that like on both sides, you know, and uh, I started to kind of go, okay, maybe R's and D's don't matter. Let's look into some other ideology. And that's when I got into anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've actually talked about that several times. This used to be that the right was the uphold the law, back the police, uh, law and order, very black and white usually has to do they were usually pretty good with separating morals and politics those two didn't blend and it was the liberal side coming out of the 60s and 70s that was like no 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 no. these should be blended some of these should be separated in a different way let us smoke our weed let's have our music you know as long as we're not hurting anybody you know you should be able to say we don't believe in war during the vietnam war era we should be allowed to protest it was always now it's flipped now it's the I don't want to say Republican side, but more or less the conservative side, because, you know, that's a tagline that can be attached to either one. Um, Same with liberalism. But now it's the conservatives, whether you're libertarian or uh, Republican, that's like, hey, you know what? We just want to keep our guns, smoke our weed, leave us alone. We want our property. Stop looking at us from the sky. And it's the other side, the liberals that are like, no, show me your papers or you need to mask up or go away. And if you don't, then you should die for not getting the gibbers. And I'm like, when did we swap? Like it used to be. And now you've you've had a weird blend and a weird uh, segregation where some of the conservatives and liberals have actually blended on what they've agreed on. And then you have the other ones that have become more divided. I've I've got a lot more in common with young liberals in a way that they were raised old school liberal and they're like, I still believe what my parents believe as a liberal, like free speech, say whatever the fuck you want, you know, pro choice. But I also believe that you should be allowed to keep your guns, smoke your weed. And it's 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 very blended, I guess you could say. And then you have those sects. You know, I always say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So you end up seeing on TV that it's these far right extremists or these far left extremists. And they paint the picture that those groups are what identify the rest of the group. And most of us in the middle, whether it be liberal or conservative, are like, nah, not the 90% of us that are in the middle of each of those sides, you know, right or left leaning. We just want to be left alone. Most all of us agree. But the 5% in each group that ends up getting blasted on the news constantly and drilled into your head, it's like, sorry, they should not be the mascot for that side because it doesn't even 
it doesn't even suggest that that is the majority of the people on that side, regardless of which one you're on. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and like you were saying, uh, getting kicked out of your youth group for questioning things. I think that's funny because I, I had a thought rolling around in my head the other day about how Christians should be the biggest conspiracy theorists ever. Every one of them should be. They literally believe that an ultimate evil is battling for our souls on earth. And I mean, that's like conspiracy 101, that there's an ultimate, you know, bad guy controlling the, the strings and shit. And then uh, there's a lot of people I've talked to that are Christians that are like, no, they're not so super pro government, but they're like, no, there's not like a, a cabal or an Illuminati or whatever you want to call it. It's just, you know, evil people. I'm like, controlled by satan according to your beliefs they're controlled by satan though so that would be the the head of the cabal you know the detached part of the pyramid so i just thought it was an interesting thought experiment to bring that up to christians if you ever get the chance we well, know no, yeah. Corey hughes has brought it up multiple times i heard him on a podcast called into the blank um and he mentioned something that has been super divisive because it's been what 80 years since World War II, and he's had to be very careful with how he has stated it, but basically he's like, it started out with Hitler not against the Jews. He was trying to segregate the Jews to find the Zionists, a sect of Jews, whether it be the Rockefellers or it be a lot of the um, extreme versions of New Age Judaism um, and Zionists that they are the ones pulling the strings and no they do not represent the nation of israel or the jews as a whole and it's the exact same thing but i think that he has a lot to it where yeah hitler lost his mind and said just fucking kill them all kill them all maybe we'll end up getting the ones that i'm going for that wasn't cool and a lot of people died as a result of that um but i do agree with him that yeah i mean these long standing families that are zionistic jews that do pull the strings on a shitload of what we have economically in power and a bunch of other things that we don't even know the fucking names for it's like there's it, it you can't say that to christians to tie it back into what joe was saying you can't say that because the second that they hear jew they think nope we're supposed to back them up that's god's people how dare you speak ill of the jews and it's like well jewish meaning lineage not not the kind of like mindset or religious belief. These are extremists. These are people that they literally do fit the stereotype of money grubbing Jew. And I say that lightly, um, but it, there's a lot of people that are pulling the strings. And if you say that to a Christian, they're like, no, 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 no. That's God's people. You can't say that about them. And it's like, dude, everybody can be corrupted. You can read through the Bible of corrupt Jews in the Israelites that did fucked up shit. It's like you're you're gonna God say that to, did fucked up shit. Yeah, and he <laughs> commanded them to do fucked up shit. Just the fact that uh, Israel is supposed to be God's chosen people is kind of wonky to me. Like God chose a certain portion of His creation as His people. Like what the rest of us just aren't good enough? Are we too white? Like what the fuck? It's well, you can't you can't use that for very long because even the Bible itself it 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 took that away. It, the whole thing with the New Testament, I've written in, test, in the New Testament in my blood, is the idea that the message and the archaic rituals um, that they grew up with to eventually get them to where they needed to be 
was opened up because the Jews rejected Christ. And so then Christ, when he came back, said, you know, I'm opening up this salvation to the Gentiles and no, no longer do you have to use, you know, yearly, quarterly, monthly sacrifices. So he chose everybody in that way. Ooh, thanks that for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to kill so lucky. goats and shit anymore. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Uh, that is the other funny thing that I always bring up. And I wanted to kind of get uh, your perspective on this, too, because I like you said about the the well not really inconsistencies just the questions you have about some of the biblical narratives i i probably mentioned it on the show before but i literally when i was 12 had a whole letter i wrote to a pastor with similar questions and that was one of them and i'm like there had to have been a shitload of incest in order for the world to be populated if we truly came from two people incest is expressly prohibited through all of scripture so it was cool like at the start to do that and you know just it fuck whoever because you had to populate the earth same thing after noah's ark i mean even if that wasn't the case after noah's ark they were the last people alive and they were all a family so they were boinking each other like crazy to try to repopulate which is just gross but not only that one there's a there's a lot of questions i've never had answered to my satisfaction like the whole god also expressly prohibited human sacrifice they would take out motherfuckers take out whole countries because they were doing human sacrifices what's god's answer to sins like human sacrifice send his own son as a human sacrifice to absolve you of your human sacrifice sins none of that makes sense to me uh, no no it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you get a straw man argument anytime you, you get into the Bible anyway. You know, I asked a, I asked a pastor once, you know, um, if Adam and Eve were, you know, if Adam and Eve are the first, you know, is how do that had to be incest, right? And he goes, well, the Bible says they were the first. It doesn't say they were the only he created. So these are the dance arounds Christians always come up with anyway. They're just going to come up with something, you know, magical to pull from to to explain away you know um i do find value in the bible i mean i've studied it for many many years but uh but, you know obviously you can't take it as legitimate historical fact you know you can't walk through it and go oh, yeah every every single piece of this is the written word of god that you'd have to be insane to do that no well, yeah, yeah. that argument too with the bible is that they say oh it's uh tried and tested like ben said tried and tested seven times so the the king james version is the one for a lot of christians and they still gloss over the fact that these books were written by humans and they weren't the only scrolls and documents that were available they very specifically curated which books made it into the final version of the bible and books like the book of enoch or the secret book of john all these you know uh, other texts that were in the same genre they're like no those don't fit with the general narrative of the bible and that seems very strange to me and yeah the exactly they, they listen to they uh believe it you know without question is just that blows my mind because i don't believe anything without question at least a couple questions well, the shit the shittiest part about that is that the bible as we know it that actual word was not the canonized version that people read and that the clergy read to their people who were illiterate they called them the holy scriptures and the holy texts they were plural they were not itemized they were not canonized it was people who walked with god now what really irks me about this is that the oldest known writing in a book form that ties to the bible is the book of enoch that was found with the other dead sea scrolls um 
and what they consider the Textus Receptus, the canonized Latin version that they put into today's Bible, was then translated just in English seven times. And the KJV 1611 is the seventh translation in English. You can't even read the oldest English translation because old English is fucked up. But the ridiculous part is that you go, okay, hold on. We're not going to put the only book, the oldest book, from one of two gentlemen, according to the Bible, who never died. Enoch was one of two and the first to never die. Like him and Elisha, those were the only two that didn't die. And we've gone down the rabbit trail of Elisha's ascension where the... Uh, chariot of fire goes between him and the people and then he gets taken up into a whirlwind and there's you know conspiracies in the christian realm that those are going to be the two prophets in revelation who then physically die because they never had a physical death enoch's was ascended into a ascended uh above with a heavenly host you, they don't know what hosts are everybody assumes it's angels if you listen to the, the the works of paul wallace paul wallace priest for 38 years in the catholic church he wrote this great series he's coming out with book four called the eden series echoes or escaping uh scars and echoes of eden he completely changed my mind about all of this stuff because what he lays out is a a very plausible take all the books the apocrypha bell and the dragon the maccabees you take all of these books the book of enoch you throw them all into the bible and it changes it considerably because now you're tying in stuff that they do talk about that we never got answers on. Um, the Nephilim. Uh, what was it? The uh, the people that were above. Uh, Joe, what's the, um, the Anunnaki? Um, you end up having these things that Enoch talks about that they took out of the Bible, but is referenced later on in the Bible with absolutely no description and no answer whatsoever. So to go back to what you were saying about where did Cain go? It's like, well, if you read the whole Bible, all the Holy scriptures, it is very apparent that when the sons of God came down and integrated with human women, it's more than likely that they took their own children and populated elsewhere on the earth. That is where Cain went later on. God has them wipe out the Canaanites, that whole side, of one of the two original children of Adam and Eve, they're just gone, you know, thousands of years later. They sit there and talk about how Moses would have written the first five books of the Bible, the canonized Bible, but he didn't start writing it until 2,000 years after. That's like us writing about Christ now and 2,000 years from now, them believing that our work about Christ is the only, the only thing that you should follow. That's fucking <laughs> bananas. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, what, what, with Cain, you know, he goes to this place, Nod, right? Nod comes from the Hebrew word Nud, to wander, right? So you're saying he, you know, sons of, sons of man mixed with these, uh, you know, the um, the fallen, the, the angels, uh, you know, call them Nephilim, whatever you want, and they go out and spread across the earth. So, you know, um, there's this argument, and then you get into the Zionism talk, right, where you have this split group, you, you have the the, what will become the Israelites and then what what possibly is um you know uh the followers of Islam 
uh, you know, so it, it, that that is an interesting split too. When you start to get into bloodlines and those kind of things, yeah. now you can go down a weird rabbit hole when you get into that stuff. I try not to to go too far down those rabbit holes because you'll get stuck. You, yeah, you do. You can get stuck easy. Yeah, I I love the like you said. There's value in the Bible, and there is as to me, it's as a piece of the puzzle it, when combined with a lot of other ideas and philosophies and whatever. It it has a place in there somewhere, but I like getting into trying to remember how I thought as a kid, like completely 100% indoctrinated, thinking that this was the 100% truth. And I, that's where the questioning started, obviously, is because there was things that didn't make sense. Like the serp, what was the argument I said? Uh, so if God created everything, and he's omnipotent and omniscient. That's all-knowing, right? So he's all-knowing. I was always told that God knows the beginning and the end because he is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He knows everything before it happens. He knows what choices you're going to make. No, you have free will, but he already knows which choice you're going to make. So that means before he ever created the world, he also knew there was going to be a significant percentage of people that did not accept him and would be thrown into a lake of fire for eternity or whatever, however that goes. He knew that before he even created them and still went ahead and went through with it. And the only way you can get out of this punishment is a fucking ultimatum. It's not, it doesn't seem like love to me to, to scare the shit out of somebody enough that they follow you. That sounds like a cult to me. It doesn't sound like a loving father. Like you, I'm never going to say it to my kids. Hey, I'm going to fucking kill you. Okay, I might have said that before, but I'm not seriously going to kill you unless you do what I say. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, you still got to make your own decision. I don't know what that's going to be, but it's going to come down on you. You know, if you make the wrong choice, it's not my problem. But what do you think about that? The uh, the ultimatum of Christianity that they use fear-based conditioning to get people to sign up for this. It doesn't seem right to me. You know, as I go through the Bible, I, I, I tend to see two gods, right? The Old Testament God, then the New Testament God. And I see him projected in two different ways. There is that Old Testament God that's like, hey, I'm going to fucking spank you. And then there's the New Testament God that's like, I love you. Hey, come here. I, I'm going to make everything better. Like, And that's how they portray it, right? The New Testament Christians, The um, I come from, I, I guess it comes from what kind of Christianity you're in, right? If you're a Catholic, you're probably mourning your faith. If you're If you came from like a plainclothes society like I did, you might be trying to celebrate it while at the same time walking this very fine line of your piety, you know? So, um, so yeah, there is this huge fear based, like, I mean, especially from what I came from, like kind of a culty or Christian background where it's, it's all doom and gloom. Like, you know, the rapture is coming. You must repent. This is the end times, you know, those kind of things. So yeah, I don't like that kind of, uh, mentality like if there is a all loving all knowing god shouldn't he be all living and all knowing you know what i mean so to go back into the the old testament and find that that kind of angry vengeful persona makes makes you really that's where i started to question right i mean my fir my first conspiracy was jesus i mean jesus and santa claus okay so my parents told me santa claus didn't exist Right off the bat, we're hardcore Christians. They told us mm -hmm. Santa Claus didn't exist. So I was like, okay, Santa Claus doesn't exist. Cool. But Jesus does. Yeah, Jesus does. Right. So, okay. All right. I got this. So I start looking at the attributes as a, I'm a nerd, right? I'm, I'm a little autistic. So I start looking at the attributes as a kid of Santa Claus and Jesus. Well, they got a lot in common. They're both mm -hmm. pretty magical dudes. And I start going, well, how can he do this? But how he doesn't do this. You know what I mean? So very at a very young age, I started to go, oh, yeah, I'm not sure either of these guys are real. 
you know, at least not in the context they're trying to sell it to me as. Well, and the yeah, worst yeah. part is, go ahead. Oh, go for, no, go for it. I was going to say the worst part is, is that they they pigeonhole you into only being allowed if you're if they believe you're a true Christian <clears throat> into doing and believing exactly what they say while preaching that it isn't about works. It's by faith, but you will know them by their fruits and they don't believe that you can lose your salvation. But if you're not producing the fruit, which is actions, not a faith, then you may not be saved. Because if you're saved, you're going to produce the right fruit. So they've they've laid out this template. Um, back when I was in the academy, they would say, "Don't just get saved for fire insurance." And I'm like, yep. "What else do people get saved for?" Because that's literally it. That's exactly that's, that's it all it is. It's oh, by the way, you have free will to choose me, but one of them is you're going to be eternally fucking fried, like to a crispy critter. Or the other one is you get all of the stuff. You get all the streets of gold. You get all the gems and the crowns. Oh, but by the way, it does say that when all of those crowns you get, you're just going to throw them right back at his feet. It's like, what? hold on a second. What choice do I actually have? It's like you guys are saying that if I'm saved, which I can't lose if I'm saved, that I will produce these specific actions, which aren't important according to what you believe. But if I am saved, this is what I'll produce. But if I don't produce those, the ones that you've laid out, then that means I may not be saved to begin with. So I know for myself, I got saved multiple times in my early life because I had no fucking idea. I would sit there and get saved and mean it like shitting like, gold cufflinks. Check, yeah. check. Is Mike working? God, I'm waking up the, the next time? day thinking that I would change. And the very next day, because I was a shitty six to nine year old, I would get spanked inevitably and think, oh, my God. I'm not respecting my parents. I'm not obeying. So I must, I may not be saved. And then it was like, it didn't ever, it fucking never worked. So at what point does, is, is there a blending there? Where, where's the gray area? Well, Jesus isn't, there's no gray area. It's black and white. It's like, really? Because I'm pretty sure that if you take the entire Bible and Joe, it's a lot of that thing in that Joe's lettering uh, or Joe's letter that he wrote to the pastor is that he was like, Here's a list of contradictions I see. It ended up being this thing where you weren't allowed to question it. Kind of a weird political climate we're in right now, where if you question too many things, then they want to pull you aside and be like, hey, by the way, you can't question this many things um, because you're going to make us look bad. And that's exactly what happened. The pastor ended up coming over and talking to Joe and our parents because he was concerned. And I'm like, hold on a second. So you're saying that because he's questioning it and not blindly following, you know, that blind leading the blind kind of aspect down to Hades, that therefore you're concerned about it? isn't wouldn't an understanding God and a person who is ordained want to answer those questions every year? One thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Well, we don't have all the answers. You just have to have faith. It's like, no. No, nope, yeah, and they're not going to do that. You know, some of their answers to those questions would also be the Bible does not contradict itself. Hard stop. And I'd be like, well, show me how that is. And they'd be like, well, because of this verse over here. And it's like it, you're using 
the same text to cross-reference the same text. That's, I mean, and it's written by tons of different people. And I get there are things that match up, you know, as far as prophecies or whatever the shit. But a lot of that's pretty much open to interpretation as to what the fuck they mean in there. And especially with something like Revelation. So I want to get your uh, your thoughts on Revelation because there's tons of different views on that. There's a lot of, even Christians, there's a lot of uh, argument, you know, about the pre-trib, post-trib rapture whether it's already happened i have a one of our i think we've talked to him before Emmanuel kingman from what's the show called god damn it sorry buddy uh the goddess goodness over darkness yeah. yeah he uh he thinks that the book of revelation already happened like a long time ago and that we're basically in the the reign of i don't even i don't he would lay it out a lot better than me but what do you think about revelation is it about to happen or is it something that's we're kind of just living through this whole time that's a fun one. I mean, uh, look at the events of the last few years. I mean, if anything looks like, well, the Christian idea of the rapture, uh, that probably could be it, you know, um, uh, whether, whether you believe a whole bunch of people died or disappeared or, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and then there's like this kind of manipulation of what is, what is revelation, right? I mean, when you look at the prophet who wrote it, John, right? I mean, the guy was, in captured on the island of Patmos, right? He's he's an old man when he's writing this book, and he's probably tripping balls on bread mold because that's all he had to eat. So it, the crazy stuff in that book could just be the crazy stuff in that book. You know what I mean? It could be nothing. You know, it could be we could be all running around chasing our tails over over a man's you know bread mold hallucinations, but or it could be everything, right? And some of the stuff in that book is pretty wild. You know, when you look at uh, uh the, just the idea of like bread being traded for a bag of gold right look at the time period we went through a few years ago where people were going nuts to find toilet paper and bread you know i traded bread and toilet paper with my co-workers at one point just to just to have something to eat so it's pretty interesting when you do look at certain predictions in revelations um is do i believe that like some some you know i i don't, I don't know what i believe as far as christianity goes i just like to study it you know and yeah. and it's an interesting book to study because of all the end time stuff well yeah. the funny part is too with the revelations is that revelations is supposed to be the new testament version of john seeing the end times above the glass floor where if you go back to ezekiel ezekiel basically lines out the same thing but from underneath of the glass floor and the weird part about it is that if you take all of the different like unto an eagle, he had a head like unto a lion, and you have all of these things, um, almost every single one of those deities or uh, angels or cherub, seraphim, whatever you want to call it, every single one of those matches up with a deity from another religion, which is... Yeah. In my opinion, not so bizarre if you believe that the Anunnaki was just aliens uh, cultivating their uh, earthly ant farm. It makes a whole hell of a lot more sense. Yeah, and it's funny to see like uh, artist renditions of some of these beasts that they talk about <laughs> in Revelation because it gets really fucked up Cronenberg really fast because it's got three heads, but those heads have fucking seven horns or something, and then there's crowns on them, and it's just yeah, it gets weird really fast. Yeah, I don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock, especially into Revelation, but I, I like thinking about or using it as kind of a lens to look at the world because when you think about the beast system, so that's supposed to be an end times thing. The beast takes over and everybody's got the mark of the beast and all this stuff. The, the beast system seems to have already been here for quite some time. I think we're already living 
in that, in the B system. And we all have to have a certain thing, a social security card, all this shit to participate in the system. And if you don't, you can't easily buy, sell, or, you know, do anything or travel or whatever. It doesn't have to be something crazy like an RFID chip in your, in your hand or a, a QR code on your forehead. It's just kind of inbuilt into the system that you have to do certain things if you want to buy and trade and, you know, do all that shit. So, but I don't think there's, I also don't think there's ever going to be a, a massive end of the universe. I don't, I just, I don't feel that. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a time when just everything ends and everybody gets worried about it. And I don't understand that either. Cause if you're, why are you so worried about it? Like if it ends, first of all, we won't fucking know. And there'll be nobody left to give a shit after that. Like we just all get one day obliterated by a whatever, pick your favorite thing, meteor, uh, the sun explodes, whatever. And about point, five seconds nobody's gonna be there to even give a shit so why are you worried about it stop worrying about the end of the world the uh religious vaccine argument it's like your argument is silly if you're saved you're gonna get raptured what are you fucking worried about if you're vaccinated you're that's the whole point what are you worried about the unvaccinated for you got vaccinated so shut the fuck up like i heard a saying that i absolutely loved back in the academy uh you you might be the only bible a person ever reads now, as much as I don't take that into consideration anymore with uh, the traditional Christianity that we were raised in, when it comes to morals, ethics, and what people see in myself, and I'm not fucking perfect, uh, I would really? I, I like that idea. I like the idea that people that whatever people read out of me, if it's something that maybe they've never seen before and it helps them, fucking right on. Uh, you know, like the arguments for that they use are just so ridiculous when it really comes down to it because they will point their fingers about other people and call them fanatics and call them martyrs like they they don't want any kind of jihadi in any other place in the world because to them it's absolutely disgusting to blow yourself up but at the same time they commemorate martyrs that have literally died for what they believe but as long as it lines up with them so I, I don't know. Those kind of arguments are just absolutely ridiculous. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what else? What else do you think is uh, what were some of your other questions as far as uh, Bible stuff goes? I want to see if they match up with mine a little bit because I I, th- I feel like we probably lined up on a lot of those because they're they're pretty easy to find if you grew up like we did. They're pretty like they stand out pretty starkly. What was another one that uh, really stood out to you? Oh, mine, uh, I don't know, big one was uh, the LGBT thing, you know, like, uh, I grew up looking into that real hard, I had a lot of gay friends, so that was, uh, that was step one, was kind of like going into that and going, where did this actually come from, and then I kind of find, uh, I find these references that are more directed towards the Levite priests, not so much the, 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 the tribe of Israel as a whole, and so the further back I went, the older the text I found, the more I kept finding just these reference points to Levi priests, not the Ju- tribe of Judea as a whole. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, well, the, the whole, the whole of Israel. I thought that was pretty interesting. The, the idea that maybe this, uh, this, these clobber verses that, you know, uh, traditional Christianity uses to kind of, uh, justify kind of segregating homosexuals from within their midst are maybe just these repeats of verses that 
specifically pertain to a specific class of priest. So I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I can't really back it up 100%. I'm not a biblical scholar. So that's the other thing is like, you know, I'm just one man doing research on my own. Yeah. What you, I'm curious what you think about all this shit, because I know you're not as familiar with Bible stuff, but you did grow up a little bit somewhat with going to church and shit. I did go to church and we went to Christian camp. Um, so recently I've been thinking when I think about the way that that okay, the way that people started, we were created in the image and likeness of God. And then uh like you were saying earlier, the New Testament is one hundred percent different from the old testament. It's like a completely changed personality. But doesn't it remind you a little bit of a single dad who just doesn't know what to do and they're really hard on their kids because they don't know they want them to be good and they have the best intentions for them but maybe they make a bunch of mistakes and they say things that are super contradictory i know i've done that as a parent when i was trying to raise my daughter i would then revert to the because i said so just do it i'm not going to take the time to explain it to you this is and i will smack your ass if you don't listen you know it's and these are human terms but maybe the way the bible is presented was god's way of trying to parent us and then the new testament was like okay you're a little older now as a human race and i'm a little more calm i kind of have a handle on things so i can explain things to you and help you to realize the power within yourself that's what i saw in a lot of the new testament was not a whole lot of besides uh revelation it was a lot of, hey, you can do this too. Jesus was helping people to realize the power within themselves, not like the Old Testament saying, you're going to burn in a pit of fire if you don't fucking listen to me. Yeah. You yeah. have a parent learning and growing. So I'm wondering if God now, currently, right now, is also learning through us, which is I, weird because like you never question your parents. You know, you don't want to say, hey, mom, you've been doing really great at parenting lately. I'm really proud of you. As a parent, I would be pissed if my kids said that to me but that's just how we're we're raised we sh I shouldn't feel that way I should be happy that she sees changes you know but we don't as parents think like that and I don't know if God thinks like that so I hope you appreciate that <laughs> you know uh the in in the Hebrew the word Hanan Hanan is used quite often to describe God and that's both a masculine and feminine term, right? It's used when describing just what you're describing, the single father syndrome of that is that Old Testament God sometimes. So that word Hanan, it's used specifically for that, that kind of like to to say, oh, look, it's he's both mother and father in this moment. So it's interesting that you would describe God like that. It's also interesting that you would describe God like that because I'm kind of into like um simulation theory a little bit. And I think of God as like this AI that's learning and growing with us and like the universe is kind of a, an extension of, well, all of us, right? It's like God is within, God is without. So so my only real theories on God are like, you know, um, the universe is seeing, it's growing, it's learning. It, we're the eyes and the ears, you know, just like it says in the Bible that like the church is supposed to be the eyes and the ears of the church, you know, the the of the, the whole universe. That's That's basically who we are. And that's what we are. I think that's why we're here. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that our death experience... I, I don't think necessarily. It's a theory I have that every each and every one of our death experience will be exactly the same because we're all the same person. Like when we die and we ascend to heaven, it will feel the exact same because we were all the same at the same time, if that makes sense. The individuality we have here on earth is amazing. And that I think there's a huge purpose to that, to experience life in multiple different ways. But 
I think at the end of the day, we're all part of one thing. Yeah. And that that's my best idea on God too. And Jen was really the one that kind of pushed that a little more about talking about the fractalization thing where we're all a piece of this thing we call God. And that's why it's so beyond our comprehension to, you know, you can't put God in a box, which is exactly what religions do. They, they miniaturize God into this thing that you can, you can call it a certain thing and it has certain attributes and we know, you know, but at the same time, we don't know God at all. So, well, but we are or something, you know, it's hard to talk about <laughs> that. That goes, the, the funny part is that that actually supports the idea of omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere, is that if we're made in his likeness, and you know this does kind of cross over with Gnosticism a little bit for uh, transcending. Um, which is heresy to Christians. Right, which is heresy to Christians, but it's it's this, and Joe, same thing. Lene was the one that introduced me to the idea that we're all connected. All living things are connected. We were all put here to grow and and you know get better together um the idea that you brought up uh joel of the um oh uh the term that it is two genders at the same time that they used to describe god well it's the same thing in the uh old testament elohim that is typically told you know that is another name for god it's like hold on a second if these are all written in the same language, meaning the original, like, you know, Dead Sea Scrolls or Texas Receptus, whichever one you want to talk about, it's the idea that if they're using the same, you know, Hebrew words written by the same dude, supposedly at the same time, especially in the first five books, why is he calling God by so many different names, especially if it's singular, masculine, and the same person? Well, if you go back to the actual Hebrew and there's this term called affrication, affrication is the idea that the same language changes its meanings of its current words over time. So you're talking about translation, multiple translations, which in the English language is why we can't read the first edition, because affrication took the English language from one spot to the other over those translated times. If you take the old Hebrew and old Aramaic, Elohim is plural. It means us. We've created man in our image. That yeah, is you know a what the Christian answer to that is? Deal. It is, but they say no because it was the Trinity. It was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know that that's, and I that's know what that, they meant by us. That's, uh, right. that's weak sauce. You know, that's a weak argument. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're yeah. considering like everything that he made. Joe and I have gone into the days. And Christians believe that it was a 24-hour cycle. It's like, well, hold on a second. It says first, second, third day, but he doesn't create the sun and moon. If you're talking about a 24-hour rotation, which I think pretty much all of us can agree that time is a, a human construct. Um, if you took time away, you took age away, and it was just based on, well, there's this 12-year-old kid who is clearly more mature than this 30-year-old. I think I'd rather have the 12-year-old running shit, but that those numbers don't matter. Um it's the same idea. It's like, so the sun and moon weren't created until this day. Day being a relative term. I know that if you go to the translations, there's a uh, some have translated it era, which makes oh, yeah. a whole lot. It makes or a whole age. hell of a lot more sense or age. And it's right. like, and that OK, would, that would fit in with how old the earth is, too, as to be absolutely millions of years old, because that's where I was well, going. I will also says is 
a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day to God. So we don't really know what time frame he's working with there when he's making all this shit. I mean, if he's all powerful, sure, he could probably knock out a couple sun star systems in a day, you know, and be like, look at all the shit I made yesterday. <laughs> that was Tuesday. That was awesome. But like you said, how is how are you measuring time like that if the sun and moon aren't even in the picture until like the third or fourth day? What's it rotating? What are we rotating around? You know, in, in the in the globe Earth model, of course. But that's why I think every uh, Christian should be a flat earther too. Josh Monday, we just had him on. He he from a Christian perspective, every single Christian should think the earth is flat because the, of the way that how many things he points out about the Bible. You said you kind of got off of that. So what uh how far did you go down that hole? Ooh, um pretty pretty deep um not not as as far as as some people obviously um i started getting distracted with a like a hollow earth and uh you know um well a lot of stuff really i i i got more into simulation theory and simulation theory kind of made me go who cares what it is you know what i mean i started to go like i i don't care if it's flat or round or hot dog shaped it doesn't matter to me like um i started to kind of play around with the idea that th things are getting reset like with tartaria and those kind of things not necessarily that exactly but i got into the 1800s wagon train thing at, at one point and uh all of that kind of led me into just kind of you know getting away from flat earth as as a whole because like i i believe the concept you know i, I i've seen it both ways i've had people prove to me both things so at that point i have to throw my hands up in the air and go i don't care what it is we're in some weird realm where they can change our perception at any time so forget yeah. that question you know maybe that question is not even important for me to ask anymore um but I don't know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I, I just had to throw my hands up in the air. I don't know if that makes sense. I think we all did. Yeah. That, I think that question is deliberately intended to divide people like yeah. so many other things, too. How can we create polarity? Uh, is the earth round or flat? Ready, go. And then people flip out and no one knows it's the fun real to watch, answer, though. but they're so convinced. I don't know the answer. I've never seen our earth with my own eyes from outer space. I've also never been up high enough to see that it's flat either. So I don't fucking know. And I'm okay with admitting that. Right. And it's it, like, you're talking about with the realm thing. I know that's kind of a, a trope nowadays too, with the, like triple, he's always saying that I'm a realms guy. Yeah, Get what yeah. he's talking about. And for lack of a better term and for an overused term dimension, whatever, but it's, it, it always reminds me of uh, video games and not in like we live in a computer simulation of zeros and ones i always call it a organic simulation where yeah, things are yeah. here yeah but it's it's not computer code per se but when you get down to the atomic level we've got little bits and bytes of data i mean that's what it is so i mean how can you argue with that but when you look at like a 3d game like super mario or legend of zelda is the earth flat or round on that neither because it's fucking 2d it just appears 3d because of the way you're looking at it so yeah. well, they can program it to be whatever they want it to be so i believe that our creator could do the same exact thing so you could perceive it both ways it's both and neither at the same time yeah it's kind of limiting god to say it's one or the other i guess especially if you're a christian to be like oh it could be flat or round I don't That's understand exactly. why so many people care, to be really honest. It just doesn't matter. Other than the fact that they say people are lying to us, but we already know that that happens all the time. So you got to step back and say, you know what? Oh, yeah. And that's why I love I know the flat people are lying. because it's cool. they're the 
extreme end of not trusting a goddamn thing anybody says and i respect <laughs> that whether you're yeah, right i like that doesn't really matter to me because you're just questioning the very basis of what the fuck we live on which is gangster as fuck so keep going with that yeah that's i mean that's that's one of the things that started making me ask more questions you know i, I always used to make fun of them i was in this realm of like uh yeah whatever flat earth no whatever and then i started to get really on board with i had a buddy that was a flat earther and he started hitting me with these hard questions and i started really looking at it and going okay some of this is worth looking into you know what i mean so some of it yeah it's fun to explore everything i don't get too i don't dive too deep into anything you dive too deep into anything you're gonna drown you know um i like to kind of skim on the surface of everything and try and explore everything and try and create kind of a, a unified conspiracy theory you know what i mean yeah i'm trying to figure out what this world is you know, and it's it's hard to do. It's not easy. And we do that through talking like now, right? And not creating division. One of the biggest problems in this community at large, the conspiracy community, the, the alternative media community is there's every group wants to fight each other. I'm not into that. I don't like it. Um, this group, uh, this, these communities saved my life in a lot of ways. Finding the, these topics got me involved and gave me something to do with myself. So like I owe it to other podcasters that's why I'm out here, you know, that's why I make the music I make, that's why I give it back to podcasters every chance I can by purchasing the stuff they create and uh, telling other people to purchase the stuff they create, you know what I mean, With and, and, and not a you know, Tripoli talks about like, oh, clout chasing. I'm not clout chasing, right? I'm genuinely trying to throw it back to the people who who gave me a purpose. You know what I mean? Um, guys like Chris Matthew over, you know, Forbidden Knowledge News and like you guys, like people who have reached out and said, hey, we like what you're doing. Keep doing it. You know, that that gives me hope, you know, and hope is really important to have. Yeah. And it, like you said, with the division thing, it's just never ending. It doesn't matter what topic you're talking about somebody's going to disagree even in this community a lot or they're going to dislike that you do a certain thing and you make some money on your show and you, they, that's another division point it's like dude we're all we're all just doing i mean you know then you get the people that are like oh everybody's a fed everybody everybody's a, a shill or whatever and i just i can't even deal with the, those people anymore i'm like you know what i'm not like you said you, you dive too deep into it and you're gonna get stuck and lost down there but that's why uh like when you're talking about uh hollow earth too i i love that idea and a lot of people think it's incompatible with flat earth or round earth depending on the way you're looking at it but i'm like they it could all be that could all be true like at one time it just depends on where you're at if you're by yourself in antarctica and find the, the earth's butthole and you go in there and it's a whole new world guess what that's real for you at that moment because it's rendering for you and may, I mean, maybe the simulation doesn't want to render all that for one person. So you might have to bring a couple friends just to make sure everything's, you know, locked down. But yeah, go down on an expedition and then run. That's my plan. I really want to do that. Just go run. down on an Antarctic expedition. Yeah, you have to pay like ten grand to do it. Oh, to see the and penguins. Yeah, yeah. And then I just I don't think you could get down the there. No, no you can't go. You down there. I think you'd get they shot first. No, so you can go on an expedition to Antarctica, but it's super expensive, and you go in a group, and you can you can do this for sure. That's yeah, we the just only way to get there. Yeah. Jake Loco, so yeah. I said, huh. oh, we go down. We'll pay the money that we don't have. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll raise money to go to Antarctica, and then we'll plan to just bolt away from the group and see how far we can get before the Marines shoot us down. Because yeah, that I mean, you got to think about it. that continent. Uh, whatever you want to think of what continents are that thing's huge it is massive it's like 
it's bigger than I think the all of North America combined plus some some of Africa. Some I don't know what the exact measurements are. I'm not a scientist, but it's monstrous. So the areas you're allowed to go to on these penguin sightseeing bullshit things that cost 30 grand or whatever. That's not all of Antarctica and it's definitely not the butthole cuz I don't think you're going anywhere near the center of that thing. Has anyone ever tried to take a drone? That would probably be a lot safer than running. Oh, away that would from... get shot down immediately. That's fine. Sure. That's significantly safer than running away from the expedition group. So, I wonder. I want to see if anyone's tried to do that. Some sort of we can get some cloaking technology we'll on there. The Any smart people out there who can make a cloaked drone That's then go to Antarctica. Question. We can try to just see if Antarctica is just pure ice or if there's aliens or a butthole or if the earth's flat. I just don't get why there's so many scientists down there with uh, their little setups doing scientific stuff when if it's really just ice and it's just penguins and shit, what the fuck are you studying down there for so many years? And why the fuck do people like John Kerry go down there? Why the huh. fuck would a politician go down there? Like, it's that just brings up a good penguins, point. Bro. Like, are they hiding land down there? Is that what they're hiding? Like, is it is it just ice? Or, uh, you know, we don't know. They just show us ice on a map. They show us one little portion. You know, it could it could be viable land. You know what I mean? Like, uh, one of the ideas I like to play with is this idea of, like, scarcity, right? Like, they always try and tell us, like, we're running out of oil. We're running out of this. We're running out of that. What if we're not running out of anything? You know, I mean, what if everything is very available? I mean, even the idea of money is kind of bizarre when you think about it. Everything's already right here. I know that's kind of communistic, but everything's already right here. Like, I mean, like... The resources aren't are that hard to attain. So if they had extra land and they had all sorts of other stuff down there, of course they'd hide it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they 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 uh, make statements about the shortages to create the shortage. They just want people to be afraid when they say, "Oh, uh, meat is going to be there's going to be a shortage next summer. You better stock up now." And that comes out in the news. Guess what? People are going to go clean out the stores. So there's going to be a shortage. Because people will hoard things. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's yeah, and it's because it's right in our planned face. obsolescence. Absolutely, yeah, they, they're yeah. doing this on purpose. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking. I mean, it. That's why it, it. It is fun though to have all these crazy things and to watch this clown show because it gives us stuff to talk about. Never, it's almost almost never have a, a shortage of things we can talk about that are just so retarded it blows my mind. But it's like, hey, this actually happened. Biden actually did this the other day. So, I mean, Valid. we have that forever now. And that's, I think, thank Biden for that one. Valid. Well, dude, before we get out of here, let everyone know where they can find your music and your socials and everything else you do. All right. My music is everywhere. Uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Pandora, Deezer, you name it, it's out there. Um, I have new music up right now on soundcloud uh the new album comes out everywhere else it's called hollow earth inner self in two months so two months be looking for that and um i'm out on twitter and on instagram as erroneous method all one word if you're a content creator come check me out i'd like to have these kinds of conversations oh yeah sounds good yeah somebody else get him on uh you're just kind of getting into this podcasting thing right so that's uh that's exciting that you can. Yeah, that's brand I new mean, for me. I, you know, I've never really done this kind of stuff, but I figured um, I'm shadow banned everywhere. So I figured it's a way to kind of get my name out there and get my music out there. Fuck yeah. Well, appreciate it, dude. At least you have a microphone. That's more than a lot of uh, up and coming podcasters have is an actual microphone. So that's, we appreciate that. 
All right, we'll uh, stick around for his music at the end of the show here, at least for the audio listeners. If you're watching on Rockfin, sorry, but go listen to the audio. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Shout out to the Telegram peeps, too. I found the one true God on a bus to Tennessee. Somewhere between the tracks of atmosphere of Brother Raleigh. He said his name was Jesus and he asked if I wanted to party. Then he headed to the bathroom to snort a line and go pee. I used to think I had the remedy When I would sip a flask of Hennessy Nothing really mattered to me I thought that's the way you had to be I was always on my way to kick out the chair And let my feet squirm to the beat Of the last forgotten melody I was trapped inside this purgatory pod The whole world seemed like hell to me I looked at my best friend and only felt jealousy I was drinking so heavy. so heavy I developed the DT shakes Till I couldn't hold my hands steady My old my lady was steady. telling me I needed to quit But I just wasn't ready I wasn't One night ready. I got blackout, drunk, violent Woke up under the cross of Zion Fellowship Parking lot to the absolute silence I had met the source But I was thinking it was finally time For source to meet me Cause up until now, God was about as real as the Yeti And I was tired of ralphing up 1972 with my old lady spaghetti Pretty deep line if you understood my fellowships. Relationships are hard, take it back to UFC. Projected on the wall with Tim. The whole verse is for me. Get amped up like the sound of THX when the movie begins. Ooh, I needed a change.